Hello and welcome to the Legends of Tabletop podcast. Everybody here is sick or has horrible things going on, so fuck yeah. <laughs> we're going to be playing Day Trippers or Night Trippers as we're currently calling it. I'm going to kick it to Todd. We'll figure out what the hell happened last time. We are going to attempt to escape our, our, our barren and dismal reality by going to an even more barren and dismal reality. The year is 2122. Throughout the 21st century, a series of brutal military conflicts, biological disasters, and natural catastrophes caused massive death and destruction, plunging much of the world into a dark age, which lasted for several decades. And when civilization came back online again, the population had been greatly reduced, and the first stirrings of the great rebuilding came from within the experimental smart cities that began being built shortly before the collapse sometimes within or upon the derelict remains of existing cities, and they sprung to vitality quickly owing to the preservation of AI systems and infrastructure. So today, while much of the world struggles under barbaric circumstances, these smart cities covered in domes against the toxic atmosphere have become the centers of the new geopolitical regions, and it looked like the future might turn out to be a little brighter after all, until about two years ago, that's when the reality fractures began to appear. The sky turned orange. The war-torn, devastated landscape became much more dangerous and unpredictable as reality itself began falling apart. These vortexes started appearing about two years ago. Now, Ula, who lives in this terrible world, is on the run from a corporation in the local city called Wolfram Biomedical. And it was through one of these reality fractures that the rest of our heroes, Jack Nash and Trey Moaka, and then a little bit later, Reggie Carwell, who, by the way, is a baby in a jar. We'll talk about that later. He's a magical baby in a jar, have found themselves displaced into this reality. After escaping from bounty hunters on the hunt for the machinery inside Ula's head and an encounter with an underground complex of people who call themselves the, the tunnel people who are some sort of revolutionary army drilling their way back into the city from underground, they came upon a group of children who they decided they were going to save. The children whose parents were the victims of the revolution in the tunnel city are now parts of the group. They're traveling with us through this devastated post-apocalyptic landscape. Let me introduce the kids. The Whisper is the youngest. Uh, she's five, and she has nascent psionic powers. She's got a huge attraction to Reggie, baby Reggie, the magic baby, as she calls him. And she's sort of become like, uh, you know, the spreader of the magic baby myth and ritual throughout the, the the group of kids she follows reggie around she imitates reggie's actions if reggie flutters his eyelids in his sleep she flutters her eyelids because everything he does is magic and she wants to be like him and then there's max the second youngest he's a kid who fell into the water and was rescued uh he's smaller physically than whisper and he looks like he's been terribly mistreated and malnourished for a very long time and then there's noah we're going up in age um, a boy age seven easily amused not very bright uh xena also seven years old she's quiet she likes doodling and she's always humming when you're trying to move through quiet areas she has to be reminded 
not to hum or whistle. Xi'an, uh, she's eight, very disciplined. She's sort of the leader of the group. Uh, she's quite tough. She doesn't communicate a lot, and she doesn't like being told what to do. And then there's Dane, technically the oldest. Uh, he is honest to a fault. He's really smart, a little bit arrogant. He and Cheyenne sometimes sort of tussle for top kid position. Now, it's a nice day today, which means that the air doesn't burn your lungs too bad. And I believe that uh, we talked about this between sessions. Ula has sort of taken it upon herself to be like, you know, the, what, the teacher, the school marm, uh, the, the den mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she just treats them like, she had a very big family with lots of cousins, and she was the elder of all the cousins. So she just sort of treats them like her cousins because that's, she was, you know, shepherding them around and taking care of them. And they were, you know, frequently her responsibility when she was older. Okay. And that's good because you're the only person in this whole group that really has much experience living above ground. All these kids were raised underground. They don't, they don't know how to find water. They don't know how to get their own food. They don't know how to move quietly and stealthily through the landscape. Well, I think she sets up a buddy system and she makes sure that they're always paired up, preferably with somebody that they're not going to argue with too much, you know, like one of the older kids and maybe one of the younger kids to kind of <laughs> keep everybody sort of in line. And then, you know, she's, she's just trying to give them information, yes, but also tasks that teach them something so that they're occupied, you know, that, and not like just running amok. So they have... And they're used to working. These kids were obviously working the entire time they were underground. So it's like survivalist task to teach them like how to survive, basically. Okay. So, uh, you know, think about like maybe uh, one day, because I'm really only going to move ahead one day. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, like, like what sort of, what sort of stuff you want to teach these? What's the most important stuff? Think about that a little bit. I'm going to jump over to the others. As we leave the tunnel city, and uh, the last shot we saw was this strange parade uh, with the kids in the middle. And, uh, you know, you're all taking, you know, defensive positions, who's on point and who's looking back. Uh, you've got Reggie looking back, of course, because he's mounted on Jack's backpack. And uh, there's going to be a, a night with these kids and uh, some rations of food that you took with you from the Tunnel City. And so uh, you get to talk about, think about, what your plan is now uh, i think the plan has has definitely morphed into sort of a a, a joint effort to get these children to, to safety <laughs> uh that's kind of part of it now i think a, a, a rather large part, part of it so i mean forgive me asking but uh, i have to ask does that mean taking them to union city i mean i, I couldn't think, possibly know <laughs> well i think jack asked that right so like as, as we're sitting around a campfire, um, you know, he says to Leslie, uh, do you, I mean, are there people out, do you know, do you know other people in the waste that, you know, could, could watch after the kids or, or, you know, is there something set up in the city to, to take kids in? I mean, I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Todd, but I think Ula's understanding is that there's basically like a, 
they have they probably have to have a way of dealing with refugees from the waste because they would show up from time to time you know like a they bad do. storm comes through and and then all of a sudden some homestead out there like gets partially destroyed and then you know these people are desperate and, and looking for somewhere to be and sometimes um, even you know refugee refugee groups will occasionally come in large numbers seeking asylum in the city so there are official in processing uh, you know, bureaucracies, hoops to jump through to get yourself registered and in the system and become a citizen of Union City. Um, yeah. But it's not fun and it's not necessarily quick and easy. Uh, it is uh, the best way to describe it is, you know, we live in a neoliberal system that uh, everything ends up debiting you somehow. Uh, you end up owing somebody something for every transaction along the way. And by the time you're actually a citizen, you're already quite in debt and your freedom is pretty restrained. You may be placed into a sort of a voluntary servitude kind of a situation to some major corporation. Uh, if you step out of line, you may be placed in detention uh, or even virtual detention there's no guaranteed bright future is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, but there's like a basic subsistence that is provided. There right? is a UBI. You will not yeah. starve to death. You yeah. may be imprisoned. You may be forced into decades of, of corporate servitude, but you will not starve to death. There was some study that was done where starving to death severely impacts productivity. So they had to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I read it somewhere. It's, it's around. The market has chosen. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, you can you can take them in, but I mean, it's I you know like imagine taking them uh, taking finding a pack of orphans and taking them into oh I don't know like the most impersonal police district in a crowded American metropolis or cages on the border, and these kids have like no ID. Mm-hmm. So they're probably as safe with us as as they're going to be and anywhere else, I feel. One of the big questions you would definitely face is where did you get these children from? I mean Right. Yeah, that's you're instantly suspect. What are you? Some kind of weird child collector? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to create there's gonna have to be a scenario here where we're able to in, ensure that we're leaving them better off. Without having to answer any questions whatsoever. Well, why? I mean, why wouldn't we just? Why wouldn't we just say that they're refugees? That we found them? That they were being abused? That we rescued them? And here we are. I mean, that. That's a fair story, and you'll probably be called before some AI judge to make that case, since you're the only person <laughs> who has any record in the system at all. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a terrible idea because they will immediately yes. find me and throw me in jail. That sounds terrible. That sounds <laughs> well, not really jail. They'll they'll throw me under the Wolfram uh, building. You know what? And actually, I should back up a little bit because we need to leave open. We are in a different timeline than these gentlemen originally came from, mm -hmm. and so I actually don't know whether they're in the system or not. But if they are in the system, it's not these three. <laughs> <laughs> 
versions of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We can figure out a way to use that to our advantage. Perhaps uh, getting within striking distance of the city and then maybe checking our, our, our options for reconnaissance to figure out from there. We just don't have any information, right? I mean, other than what Ula's given us, right? Right. Uh, I mean, the only other... Uh, uh, or enough information, I should say. The only other people I know are the, are those that I was camping with before. I mean, <laughs> that's right. it. Did, did they... I mean, best terms. You, see, you had the little Winnebago. Um, do you know, do they have other places that they normally crash to? I mean, do you yes. think they'll they'll try to reset up a you know a little community again? Yes, somewhere. Yes, at one of their places. Do you, do you think they might be willing to take the kids in? I mean, they'd probably be better off with them. I mean, they could learn skills, help out. I mean, they'd be part of a community where they would maybe be wanted. <laughs> I mean, they weren't wondering where they were. Well, there are there are a couple places um, where you know that everyone else in the clan would think of to go. Mm-hmm. But you also know that there's been a lot of discussion about either moving closer to or inhabiting that old that it's not I want to say old because it is still running the power plant to the west mm-hmm. uh, that drill and Montago both have been pushing heavily for that because if they could tap into a real source of power well you know you could get a whole fleet of trucks running again so if drill and Montago are leading the way good chance they went there so she'll say that we can try we could try the power uh, generators. You had mentioned it before too. I guess we just, you know, after the that kid, whatever he was calling himself, and then the the, the tunnel people. <laughs> we never did make it out there. Wonder attack. Welcome to the wonderful world of cats. Wonder attack. Um. <laughs> 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 Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> I got distracted by the. <laughs> no, you you had mentioned um, uh, the, you know the, the the power station before as as a potential uh, place that we could you know crash out at or or, or at least hole up at for a little while. Yeah. So if you if you think they went there anyway, um, we can we can regroup there. And I, I mean, if if Wolfram is the key to this and the thorn in your side, it seems that our path is sort of chosen for us already, right? I mean, we, I mean, I guess we, we could stay here. I mean, we have a whole other life somewhere else. I mean, uh, if we could get back, that would be great. Uh, you know, it's... Well, here's a question. Uh, should we ask the kids? I, I guess that's fair. It's their lives. Either way, we're not volunteering to take care of them for the rest of their lives. We're just like... Which place would you like us to take you to? So I feel like maybe we should ask them. <laughs> Can a five-year-old make that decision, though? Yeah, that's a pretty big decision. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, maybe we just include them in the discussion. What? I mean, right? I mean, that's what you're saying. But that yeah, sounds like. I'm just. I don't. Especially the older ones. I mean, Dane and John are. I mean. They're, they're children, but they're not children. You know what I'm saying. Fair point. 
Well, they're old enough to do, to understand what you're talking about, but they're eight. <laughs> yeah, but but like an eight, that's like a almost like a twenty. I mean, like an eight that's been working in the mines for the yeah, last four yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. It's not a yeah. regular eight. <laughs> no, it's not a regular eight. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess we call the kids over, or uh, you know, at least the older two. Yeah, and just present them with a couple of options. Be like, well, we can try this, or we can try that. Chan thinks it's a good idea. Uh, she thinks that uh, the solution to any problem is basically technology. She uh, appreciates the comfort that she knows the city people live in and that she's been told all her life when the tunnel breaks through all the wonderful things that, I mean, it's like, you know, it, to these kids, it's like the magical destination. It's like the Emerald city of Oz, right? She really wants to go there. Uh, Dane seems to be catching on to the negative part of the argument here. He's like, I, I think we'll be fine if we just learn from Ula. We can live here. Actually, live here, but <clears throat> where? Like right here, like here, where we are. Well, I mean, out here, we don't have to go to this place where they're going to put us to work again. Mm. Well, I, I mean, the uh, children, the, you are going to be put to work regardless. If you yeah, are in the city, then they shall put you to work. If you are at the power station, you will work. If you are out here, you will work or die. Like we're going to put you to some form of work, like to help, you know. Just so you survive. We're not trying to do this. So oh yeah, it's not like a not 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 your 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 scope of understanding of what being put to work is is gr is grossly like you know marred by your experience, which isn't your it, fault. But Chian is is crossing her arms and nodding her head along with Reggie. Like, see, see, you're gonna go to work anywhere. Yeah. The, the magic baby is right. And Dane says, well, why can't we just stay with the magic baby then? <sighs> is that me? Well, talking we're, about me. We're not from here. Uh, oh, by the way, Reggie, you hear a little voice in your head. It's whisper, and she literally whispers in your head, I want to stay with you too. You're getting really good at that. That's good. That's good stuff. i got to show really? you how to do my own like, little blue room, my little blue box room. i got to show you that maneuver. He says in his mind. Uh, the, the probability <laughs> of our survival with the group of you with us is uh, diminishing. Ooh, and no, uh, before you blame them for our death, quick, quick thought. <laughs> so Jack points at Ula. Yep, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm, all right. I think, I think after having this discussion and talking it over, um, I believe perhaps trying to go to the power station or rendezvousing with them there would be the best point because the likelihood of me living in the city on a permanent basis anymore is pretty much nil. So if they want to stay around me in general, then I'll be there and I can at least help them somewhat, assuming I survive, which is very questionable, also not their fault. But... I think that's probably the like now that we've like talked about it. I think that's probably the best plan. And Anyone? when they get older, if they would like to travel to the city themselves, they are more than welcome to do so. No one's going to stop them. We're not keeping them. We're just, you know, 
just until they get a little bit bigger and can, you know, right. survive out here on their own. Yeah, that's the difference, you know. It's you're not you're not like you won't be in the mines till you die, you know. Yes. <laughs> you have options. Options. Yeah, exactly. Opportunity. Um absolute opportunity. Uh, and that's what we're after for you. So does that sound reasonable? It does, but I, I also want to hear where Trey was going because Trey has a unique way of processing situations. <laughs> yes, oh, no, that was I eliminating mean, targets. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're in the waste, so more people means more resources to use, and we're also a bigger target, plus they're children with shorter legs, so they slow us down. So dealing with these kids, like every day that we're with them, increases our likelihood of dying out here i think i think nash just puts a hand on trey's shoulder and then looks to ula and says how far do you how far is the power station from here how far is probably 40 clicks west a little bit northerly but mostly west and the union city is uh 20 to 30 clicks due north so like unencumbered by children we do 40 clicks in a day yeah yeah that's about well that's about 20 miles so 20 yeah 20 miles okay yeah. no more i mean we could easily do that in a day yeah and actually uh, you could do it faster than that if you you know force yourself and don't take rest right, right um so so we're looking at probably at least two days if not three with kids oh, it'll take it'll take two maybe three yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh well, I mean, then we just have to get them through a couple of days, assuming it's okay with with the the rest of your group. Uh, if we could use that as a place of of operation, uh, and then we can figure out your situation, and then see if we could figure out how to get us home. So, city two days north, or power station four days west. Power station. Okay. We're gonna go on moving through this desperately tortured terrain for a while and uh we don't have anything nasty happen the first day and we uh we're now getting probably around we're maybe past actually ula's rv you might have wanted to like stop there for a minute and take a break uh you know what there's probably some gear here you could grab so you know, you like you probably have some emergency right. This is your bug out spot. So now that you're here, you can grab some stuff, and it's a good place to rest the kids at the end of that first day. Okay, that sounds like a good plan. Uh, and we have the tent too. We have we have the Terminationers uh, survival gear, so we're we're also using that as well. Oh, that's true. I think um, I think that was built to hold. Two or three adults, but you could probably fit all these kids in there. They're accustomed to fairly cramped situations. Yeah, <laughs> they're probably used to that kind of close situation yeah. already, anyway. Right. So, so who takes first watch? I mean, Nash. I'll, uh, Trey will take, take it. it. Okay, I'll find Nash. will have it. <laughs> Nash is Trail the commander, second. so he gets to say, "You're taking and it." And, and unless you want to take first watch, I'm more than happy to more than happy to take it. Uh, no, Mr. Nash, if you would prefer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. And, and like he steps in close and he puts like a hand on your shoulder. So we're like, you know, opposite, but like real close. And I'm like, I, I caught your meaning earlier. The kids are not expendable. 
And he, and he like, you know, raises an eyebrow. <laughs> and he'll he'll step back and face you and uh-huh. say, I understand that, Mr. Nash. That was not my intention. No, I, I'm I was not saying that saying it is. That, then please do not take it that way. Okay. I just, sometimes you, we have to be real specific when we talk about certain things. So I just want to make sure we're both on the same page. And he'll just give you a nod. And he nods back and then he kind of like thinks and says like, ah, oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I haven't seen him kill any kids yet. <laughs> but that doesn't mean he won't. And he's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. Shit. He's constantly, he's just constantly weighing, you know, just like <laughs> balancing the scales. <laughs> but at least Trey is a, a polite psychopath. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Right, we're very thankful for that. I was raised with manners, just not morals. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a couple hours later. Everybody else is sleeping. Uh, even the kids and the and the jar baby are sleeping. And uh, Nash, you're the you're the only person awake, so you know it's not somebody from your group. When you hear a sound out there, uh, not far from the van, and it sounds like somebody going, psst, psst, hey. Uh, yeah, he's probably like leaning up against like the outside of the RV or whatever. You know, he's got the the long gun that Ula had given him, and like it's, you know, it's laying across his lap, so it's immediately in his hand. Uh-huh. And he's just, you know, head, you know, kind of like back and forth, just looking to see if I can see someone. He doesn't reply necessarily, but like obviously, like if the person can see him clearly. They they have my attention. He's just trying yeah. to place where it's coming from. Okay, so a uh, figure steps forth from the shadow. It's a, it's a small woman. Uh, you recognize her. She served you soup that first night when you were in the Tunnel City. Brainsville. All right. Uh, let me check to make sure that I'm not down on anything. Uh, nope. Uh, that's I think that's a six. That is a six. Okay, she could be anywhere from 40 to 80. It's hard to tell with these tunnel people. Her name is Night Owl. She's the one that worked in the kitchen, and she was not among the rowdy pistol-waving group at the at the end. Okay. He relaxes a little bit, and he just says, Night Owl, right? Yeah, 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 that's me. And she comes up as fast as she can. She's got sort of a gimp leg, and... uh she comes up and wants to like shake your hand. She's smiling, sort of a half toothless smile, and she says, "I just want to say what you guys did was that was so that was so brave and, and so honorable." And uh, I don't know where y'all's going, but I thought you know maybe I could uh, uh, come 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 along. I know how to cook. I know how to cook real good. Uh, shouldn't be a problem. So so what happened after we left? Any was everything okay? I'm sure oh, they no, weren't they're, happy. And fine, and, and, and it's fine. It, uh, uh, we're much obliged to you, actually, because because uh, uh, Exo, you know, uh, getting a little getting a little big for for his britches. Uh, uh, but things would be much better with Blinky. I'm sure things would be much better with Blinky. But uh, I, I I I I'd rather throw in with you. I mean, uh, I I I know these kids. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. You could you could help us with them. I mean, we don't uh, 
with I, I don't have any kids of my own and uh, I, I wager the rest of the group doesn't either. Uh, not that, not that we know Will all that well, but good, good, good. Uh, well, that, it's, it's, uh, uh, let me, let me give you, and she's reaching around and trying to get in her backpack. She's only got one good arm, so it takes her a bit. And then she brings out this container that God only knows how long it's been since this container was washed. But it does have some roasted lizards in it. She's like, I brought this for y'all. Oh, uh, you, oh, thank, thank you. That's, uh, they look, uh, it looks pretty good. I'll tell you, the kids love this. The kids love this. Oh, they'll, they'll enjoy that when they get up then. Um, we, uh, we, uh, we have a, Play, we're working uh, to the west. We have a couple of days travel still, so uh, if you, um, you know, if you're you're feeling up to it, I, you're, you know, you're more than welcome to come with us. To to, to the west, you say? What? Yeah. I thought she was going to the city. No, not right away. Um, doesn't seem to be the best plan. I mean, you're more than welcome to go to the city. Um, we didn't want the kids to get stuck, you know, in, in the bureaucracy there. Um, we, we have another group we think that might be able to take them in. Um, it'd be a little freer that way. Oh, you, you, I, I see. You got, you got another group. I see. Uh, uh, and, uh, now, who is this group exactly? Uh, they're, they're friends of, uh, of Ula's. Um, we, uh, my friends and I just recently arrived. Uh, we've only actually been here for a couple days. Um, so we're just, uh, we're, we're, we're following her and, uh, we're going to see if her people take the kids in. By the way, if Marty Feldman was a woman from Appalachia, <laughs> that's what Night Owl looks like. Nice. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I've been out here for some time, and there's some good people, and there's some bad people. You know, if you take my meaning, uh, I uh, I need to know who 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 this all is. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to be there. Their their previous camp, um, they they had to leave there in a hurry. Um, they're doing reclamation or whatever it is that they do out here at the waste, uh, so they had to. Uh, Bug out from where they were, but uh, they seem like good people for uh, as much as we got a chance to uh, to spend with them. Oh, I, I still don't know. I still don't know, Mister. Uh, I'm sorry. I I forgot your name. Uh, Nash, Jack Nash. Mister Nash, she offers you a good hand. Uh, you enjoy them lizards. You you can keep the tub. Uh, but I, I think I'm I think I'm going to go back Tunnel City. You're sure? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really want to meet a whole new. No, I should. Uh, she's already like backing up. Um. Okay. I. I mean, you're free to choose. You enjoy them lizards, though. The kids love them. Kids love them. Thank. Thank you for your time. You have a good night. Uh, thanks. You. You. You too. Uh, can I make an insight roll on her? Sure. Um. I, Nash, I don't think actually has insight. Um, well, we're we're going to call it psyche. Psychology? You, have, you have psychology. Sure. Yeah. This is a psyche role with psychology mod. Okay. That is going to be an eight, sir. <laughs> really? Yeah. I rolled uh, two sixes and a five. I got a plus two in psychology. The, uh, 
it's the first experience point of the night. That's more on me than you. I just want to see, like... Okay, well, uh, you'll, you'll get whatever you want. Let it be the and. I'm going to okay. tell you what the yes is. Okay. She was asking a whole lot of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> my 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 thought was yeah like is she either trying to scope us out or like are the lizards poisoned you know did yes. she seem yeah yeah did she seem like she was oh uh, um less okay. than truthful well then then i'll tell you what your i'll tell you what your and is she was less than truthful but it has nothing to do with the lizards she was totally truthful when she was giving you the lizards she yeah, became yeah. less than truthful when she learned you're not going to the city. Hmm. Okay. Do you could tell that uh, you could tell that her one good hand was twitching and her eyes were flicking back and forth uh, as she decided to say, oh, "I think I'm going home. I'm not, you know, I'm not good with meeting new people." That's the part that was a lie. Right. Right. Did it? Did it? Do I get the sense that? Uh, that she that she wanted to go to this you know that the expectation was that we would go to the city and it would be safe it seems that she came onto the scene expecting that you were going to the city and this is just a, a convenient place to stop off yeah. uh, when she learned that the city was not your destination that's when her mood changed okay all right he files it away then hmm. i mean there's not too much i can do i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kill her <laughs> yeah if Trey had been up. <laughs> well, Trey is the next watch, and it's about time to go wake him up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he, he goes in and he, uh, you know, kind of gently shakes his shoulder. Trey. <clears throat> Trey, do you dream? I mean, yes. I mean, every technically everybody. Actually, you know what? I would say... So in, so my, you know, in, there's a theory of dreaming is that you're, uh, it's your brain, like rehearsing, like going over what you learn in order to, to solidify long-term yeah. memory. So I actually think that would be Trey's like strong suit. It's like running, running programs, right? Like running rehearsals in order to, to lock in the programming. So I actually think he dreams quite often. Okay. Well, of electric sheep? <laughs> he did. Like, nothing whimsical. dreaming of fun. electric sheep. It's all very rigid and structured dreaming that is very efficient. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I like it. Okay. It's almost like, like programming. Yes. Then like then experimental dreaming. Mm -hmm. Like Trey and Reggie's dreams are like on Just. the complete opposite <laughs> yeah, end of the like, spectrum. Need, need to be studied. <laughs> right. Okay. So Trey... Uh, when Nash wakes you up, you, you really wish he hadn't because you're in the middle of a very pleasant dream. It actually has, and this is rare for you, it's a dream with a lot of emotion in it. It's you and your Clatch siblings. Uh, it was the day that's celebrated as all of your birthdays, and you were all being treated to a, a picnic. And it was just a it was just a beautiful day, and you're there with all your siblings, and you're enjoying good food, and you're allowed to run around and be kids for a day. But in the dream, you're all your own age. You're all grown up people, and you can see every single one of their face. And that's when Nash wakes you up. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna contest that. I think in in the 
in the moment during the dream, it felt pleasant. Mm -hmm. But like he wakes up and it's like fresh in his head because Nash woke him up mid dream. Mm -hmm. So it's like still right there in the frontal in the front part of his brain. Um, I mean, he basically he wakes up and there's like a moment of pleasure. And then like it completely washes away because he's dreaming of as far as he's concerned, like that is a dream of people that didn't actually exist and a life that didn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'll absolutely go with that. The strange thing is that although you've had plenty of dreams in which you, your brain seemed to be reassembling information with previously known information, um, it is unusual for you to imagine them like how they would look today. Cause you True. actually haven't seen them for like a year. Yeah. So it's an odd, oddly imaginative dream for you. And naturally, <laughs> you up, true, of course, yeah. the, the lead question on my mind is, is Nash going to tell you about this little encounter he had? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, this is, this is tactical, you know, situational information that has to be passed along. Yeah. So, so when Trey comes out, side or you know when the, when the two of us were alone then uh, so as not to wake anybody else up he says uh yeah you know while i was sitting out here um the the woman who served the soup that one night uh night owl was her name um she came up to the camp uh tracked us down i guess she said she wanted to come with us. She said, you know, she knew the kids. She brought, like, he points over to the Tupperware thing <laughs> of, of lizards, brought some uh, some fried cooked lizards, said the kids like them. Uh, when I told her we weren't going to the city, though, she you know, she got a little weird, said she was going to go back to the tunnel, but I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I told her we were heading west, and <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have. I uh, She kind of caught me off guard. Um yeah, I don't. Uh, for the remainder of our time in this area, would you let me uh, like me to set up a perimeter watch on the overnights? That, that way, uh, there anybody else that could potentially uh, sneak up on us, um, we could at least get a uh, an alarm ahead of time. This it sounds like a job for a drone and a killbot. Yeah, no, that that that's a good plan, Trey. Um, Probably should have did that anyway, just in case somebody fell asleep. I, I don't think that they Agreed. would chase it. I apologize for not thinking of it earlier. No, no, no. That, that's on me. I, I should have. I should have asked you. Um, I, it serves no purpose for them to follow us. I mean, other than maybe to get the kids back. But I, I mean, we. <laughs> I think we very emphatically made our point before we left. Uh, I don't think that they would wager another contest unless they uh believe that if they are able to return in larger numbers uh that they can overpower us and take the children back maybe i guess uh, setting up a perimeter is a good idea for sure i will work on that if that's the case then we can deal with them as as appropriate understood and he nods and takes Trey's spot in the RV or whatever <laughs> kind of curls up, probably falls right to sleep. I mean, you know, being in the military, right? You sleep wherever you sleep, like in five minutes, right? So he's, sure. he's out. All right, Trey, what are you doing? Anything? All right. Uh, so, yeah. So before Trey fell asleep, actually, 
he he usually kind of runs diagnostic programs that you know he'll let the ai take care of while he's unconscious since he's not using the programming power might as well hand all of it over to the ai at this point though he was running something a little bit different he's running an analysis or having the ai run an analysis on his overall system because He's been taking a lot of video, using up a lot of storage, and he's kind of running a little low right now. So, uh, yeah, he was basically doing that just to see uh, basically where, like, the wasted space is in his system. So he'll probably spend the first part of his watch. He'll spend programming basic patterns and, and watch maneuvers for the bots. For the for the drone and the and the rat killer, and then the rest of the time he'll be analyzing that report and basically trimming the fat in his head. Uh, there is a drone out there uh, at the perimeter of your vision, and when you become aware of it, you assume that it's been sitting there for a minute. It is remaining stationary and has been watching you for a minute. All right. Um, if I were a tactical unit where, and I, so, all right, this is going to, all right, first off, it's probably going to require a roll, <laughs> but, um, so if I were a tactical unit and I were sending in a drone, where would the best insertion point be in terms of our landscape? Uh, it's as far running. as like my technical mind would think. There's got to be a hub somewhere, but you don't know the range of this drone. Very true. Um, And I can't, I don't want to ping from the drone. Or I could, but it probably doesn't have that capability. Let's see. I also need to remind you that you also have a drone in the air. Oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no. So that's what I'm talking about is I have the drone, but I couldn't, like, I don't want to send us. What I'd like to do is like, send a quick signal out to see if I can find where the hub is located. And the optimal thing would be to do that through the drone, but it doesn't have that capability. So it's just, it's just a spotter drone basically. So I'll keep the drone there. Uh, Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm not even going to make this a brains roll because what you just said is true. Unless the two drones uh, use the same frequency and speak the same language in common. True. And it is a Wolfram drone. Yours? Mine. Yeah. Yours is. Yeah. Yes. Is it able to communicate with their drone? With the other drone out there? It is. It bounces a message off the other drone. Mm-hmm. And it gets refused access to the other drone's okay. network. But uh, you get a visual image. Okay. It's a violet blade. This is the name and logo of your class. Shit. Yep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bang on the outside of the uh, the RV. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! Right. Oh shit! Fuck! What? Shit! <laughs> like and Nash is up, right? Gun in hand, running out of the trailer. Yep. Like I've, you know, this 
I mean, like he's asleep, but like he's like feel the sleep, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's a very, it's not like a ran, it's like a, like a bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ula's up and training a gun on the door. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.